All right, another episode of the Daily Podcast with me, Eric B. And like I said last time, I'm kind of veered away from the whole San Francisco ranting kind of thing. But guess what? We are back. I enjoyed all the other podcasts that I did talking about Disneyland, talking about everything else. But man, there's always something going on in San Francisco. There's always something, something happening that I have to keep bringing San Francisco up. I do definitely want to talk about the UFO experience again. Someone was reaching out to me on Twitter and they said they like the type of podcast that I do. Just, you know, the outside looking in. I'm not a skeptic. I'm not a believer. I'm one of those guys where if it did happen, it did happen. But we'll touch that on a different podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the events that happened in San Francisco within the past 24 hours, 48 hours where it's going, where it's been, everything that's been closing down, all the stores that's leaving downtown San Francisco, and my reasoning why it's probably happening. So we'll talk about that more on the other side of the break. So let's get this started. You're listening to The Daily Podcast with Eric B. Welcome, everyone. It's The Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Eric B. I do have music playing in the background. This one is from Pandora. So if you have a Pandora account or you listen to a a lot of Pandora, this is called San Francisco Jazz Radio. So it's all it is. We're listening to jazz music because we're talking about San Francisco and the events that's been happening in San Francisco within the past 24, 48 hours. For you guys who hasn't been updated or who don't watch the news but listens to a lot of podcasts, San Francisco is becoming a ghost town. Businesses in downtown San Francisco are leaving. The Gap, the Old Navy, just decided that they don't want to be part of the downtown San Francisco area anymore. One of the big malls, the Westfield Mall, has shut its doors. And with them shutting their doors... They closed the movie theater as well. So there's no more movie theater. And what's kind of sad about that is I know a lot of the football players that I coached in high school who had jobs or was about to get a job over there. And they had to relocate or find another place for them to work because Westfield decided we're closing the mall. And once we close the mall, we're also closing the movie theater so sad for them you know it's one of those things where it's part of life right you know there's closures but at the same time they probably would have a better opportunity somewhere else somewhere where it's not going to be closed right away so that's one of the sad things so yeah san francisco we're losing a lot of businesses crime rate is really high the homeless population the fentanyl drug overdose is really bad San Francisco was boasting, the PD was boasting not that long ago, how they were able to stop a fentanyl drug thing going on in San Francisco. And they were all excited about it because they were able to catch the people that was involved. They were able to arrest. They were talking about like $2.5 million, all these AK-47s, these guns, these cash that they took off. But I'm like, why was it even here? 
the businesses in San Francisco that are getting robbed. The stores that are closing because San Francisco and the government of or the supervisors of San Francisco, they're not doing anything. I don't care what you guys say. You guys say we are doing something. You guys say we are working on something. We're working on a resolution. Nothing is happening. There's nothing happening. It's still the same thing all the time here in San Francisco. You know, we wake up every morning to something bad. We wake up to a business closing down. We wake up to that. And the San Francisco supervisors, including the mayor, they live their life above all of ours. I mean, they have a place to live. They have good clothing. Their rent is probably, you know, paid off because they're a city supervisor. They get driven to work probably every day. They don't see what we see on the streets. They don't see, I walk to work. It's, you know, five, 10 minute walk for me to go to work. But within that short period of time, I already see and hear and smell what San Francisco is becoming. You guys know who walk around the San Francisco streets, especially for you guys who work downtown, market area. You know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the smell. Our tourist rate is still here. People are still coming in, but that's not really helping because if stores and malls are going to close, then what's going to happen to our tourist population? No one's going to want to come here. And it's to a point right now where no one wants to come here. We got smash and grabs that are going on in the city. Tourists will come in and they can't check into their hotel yet. So what do they do? They drive around the famous spots, the tourist spots that they want to visit. I get it. You're in the city. This was supposed to be on our day two agenda. Let's get rid of it right now. Let's take it off our agenda list today. They leave their car somewhere thinking it's a safe place for them to visit and come to find out someone breaks into their car which is terrible it's a terrible experience in any city it's a terrible experience in any state that you're in but you would think san francisco being one of the biggest cities on the west coast you got la you got seattle you got san francisco these are three most visited cities on the west coast you would think the police ratio versus crime rate would be a lot higher. You would think that the crime rate wouldn't be as bad. There's crime everywhere you look. I know you supervisors, if you guys do listen to this, you guys are going to say, well, Eric, there's, supervis there's, there's crime everywhere. Yes, there is. There is. I would expect crime everywhere. I'm not saying there's no crime in San Francisco. It's just gotten worse. It's gotten worse. It's to a point where if you call the police for any issue, they're either understaffed, they're busy that night, or there's something else going on. And I don't blame the police officers. You know, they're out here doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're out here doing what they need to do. It's the city supervisors who are having a hard time figuring out what they need to do. It's the mayor's office 
who's having a hard time figuring out what she needs to do. And I've said it before and I've said it again. I am not a big fan of the mayor's office at all. Because it's all about her, her office. It's all about what can she do better for herself, how she can do better to get herself reelected. It's not about what she needs to do to make the city better. It's not. And we can go in a rant on that another time, but that's just how I feel right now. That's how I feel. That's how I've been feeling. You know, I didn't vote for her as mayor, but you, you guys did. You voted in your elected officials, and I can't say anything else about that. But what's getting me is the crime rate. I'm going to pause this music on Pandora again. If you want to listen to music, Pandora.com. This is called Jazz or San Francisco Free Jazz Collective Radio. We'll jump from a different station to another station. But if you want to listen to jazz, good jazz music, Pandora.com, San Francisco Free Jazz Collective Radio. Again, you can find this on Pandora. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pause this because depending when you listen to this, today is June 19th, 2023. It's Juneteenth, celebrating something in history. But then on June 18th, Saturday, Sunday, I'm sorry, when people were enjoying their time at one of the most visited tourist spots in San Francisco, Pier 39, Fisherman's Wharf area, there was a shooting and it was a gun battle as people described it. And it was between two cars. I'll let you listen to the KTVU report right here. This is KTVU news. You can download this at KTVU or listen to it on KTVU.com. I'll play it right here. Give it a few minutes. If you're a child, if you're Let's go ahead and just lower that. It's giving me, you know, you know how it is when we listen to something. There's always, always some kind of ad they got to play first because it's always free. It's free to listen to, free to watch, but you got to watch an ad. So once this ad is over, here we go right here. New at noon, two people are in custody in connection with a shootout along the Embarcadero this weekend. That incident sending several people to the hospital. KTV's Zach Sass has the latest now on the investigation. A little bit scary. Life kind of flashed between my eyes. Witnesses describing a chaotic scene Sunday night along the Embarcadero just before 7, gunfire erupting, sending people scattering, screaming. We were driving, we thought we heard fireworks. Two cars are shooting at each other, and then bullets flew through the windshield. I yelled to my sister to get on the ground. We jumped to the ground, opened the doors, went out the back. The shootout described as a rolling gun They're battle showing stretched Pier 39, for a little Fisherman's over a mile Wharf area right now. along the Embarcadero, beginning near Pier 39 by Beach and Stockton Streets. I just saw arms with guns sticking out the windows. Fleming, among the tourists, caught up in the chaos that unfolded right in the middle of the Juneteenth holiday weekend and on Father's Day, the former police officer from Denmark watching on in disbelief. First shooting at, at this uh, small street up there, and then it came down here and it stopped, and they were shooting at uh, a red pickup and uh, this black pickup standing over there. 
many rounds. You can see there's a lot of rounds on the, on the pavement there. Police say two people hit by the gunfire were rushed to an area hospital along with a 10-year-old girl who was Jesus. hit by one of the cars involved in the shootout as she was walking her bike across the street. Three others were cut by shards of glass as bullets shattered several nearby car windows. Police say a black SUV riddled with bullets was stopped at the scene. Two people inside, both from Pittsburgh, are now in police custody, according to San Francisco Supervisor Aaron Peskin. Peskin, who spoke to KTVU over the phone, calling the shooting horrific, adding that it was a miracle no one was killed. A second car, described as a white sedan, got away, and police say they are still looking for the driver and whoever else might have been inside. The message is clear. You, you, you cannot and will not come to this city and commit these type of acts and walk away from here and get away with it. Um, we, will, we will find you. We will find you and you will go to jail. And one of the people shot, now listed as in critical condition in the Man. hospital, as for everyone else, including that 10-year-old girl who was hit by a car, they're all expected to be okay. In San Francisco, Zach Soss, KTVU, Fox 2. All right, KTVU, thank you for that report. Again, you can download that at ktvu.com or if you have the KTVU app or if you live in the city, just watch KTVU news. Two people from Pittsburgh, California. Not Pennsylvania, California. They're the ones who were involved in the shooting. They're the ones who came out here, caused a ruckus on Father's Day, Juneteenth weekend, came to one of the most visited spots. I mean, you know, they're, they're not saying what they are. They're not saying if it was gang related. They're not saying if it was just two people who decided to see each other and got into a big fight. They don't, they're not saying that. We'll, we'll find out as it goes on. But how embarrassing is that? The Daily Podcast with Eric B. An ex-officer from Denmark. You can hear his accent. You can hear that he's not from the United States here to visit with his family again one of the most visited spots in san francisco pr39 and this is what he has to bring his family to yeah you guys are gonna say eric this is isolated this was a you know some kind of argument some something happened between the two parties you know it's probably not gonna happen again probably it's probably not gonna happen again but it happened it happened. And if you're that family from Denmark and you're hearing this, you're seeing it, you witnessed it. He said all he saw was arms out, people shooting, and your family is there. This is going to be that first and last time you come to San Francisco. That's what's going to happen. It's an embarrassment to San Francisco. It's an embarrassment to San Franciscans that live here. It's an embarrassment. You know, yeah, maybe this is an isolated incident. Maybe this is something that just happened because two people were arguing over something. I don't know, parking space. I don't know. I'm not speculating. It doesn't say what they were fighting over. But the fact that it happened in San Francisco after we're having all these issues in San Francisco... After all these people in San Francisco from the closures of the Westfield Mall, 
little issue that San Francisco has, we're dealing with right now. Closures, car break-ins, homeless issues, everything. And I know you guys are going to say, hey, Eric, these guys were from Pittsburgh. They came to San Francisco, but it's still San Francisco. Doesn't matter where they live, where they came from. They came here and it happened. And it came in an area where it was a tourist spot. There's a lot of people running around, walking around. There's a lot of people, you know, spending their hard-earned cash, their vacation time here in San Francisco because they want to enjoy what San Francisco has to offer. And here's what happens. I mean, it's it's a scary... I mean, you could be anywhere right now. You could be anywhere in San Francisco and something like this will happen. I mean, it's an embarrassment. It is an embarrassment. I drive to school every day after work. It's about a five... 10 minute drive for me to drive to school. And every day that I drive to school, I see homeless tents. I see guys living in a tent. I see all that. They're in the medium part of the road on Geary Boulevard. If you're going westbound on Geary Boulevard, you'll see them in the middle. You'll see them in the medium. That's where they are going towards the beach. They're there. They have their tents. They have this one guy who has a barbecue grill. He has everything on the medium. I had to honk at his dog a few times because every time I'm driving, going home from football, I see their dog in the middle of the road, just chilling or hanging out. And then that person is just sitting there doing nothing. I don't know. Hanging out. I don't want to say he's high because I don't want to speculate. But the dog's in the middle of the road, and he's not doing nothing about it. So do I speculate that he's high? Well, if your dog's in the middle of the road, and you're not doing nothing about your dog, I'm going to have to speculate that, you, you know, something's up with you that you can't get your dog. That's all I got to say. But it's one of those things where what is going on? Why aren't you guys doing anything about it? You guys say you are. You guys say there is something going on. But every time us San Franciscans turn around, there's another issue that you guys would rather focus on than try to fix. Like I ranted about that whole bike lane that they did in Valencia. You guys spent how much money to put a bike lane in the middle of Valencia Street? You said it would be good for the city. What city? It'll be good for the people that lives in that neighborhood. You don't see homeless tents around Valencia Street. You don't see homeless tents in the middle of the medium on Valencia Street. You don't. Because they're all usually cut out in an alley somewhere they're where no one else can see them but you go down Geary Boulevard you can start from Japantown 
go west on Geary all the way to the beach, you'll find tents everywhere. That's just this part of the city. When you go downtown, Costco area, that area, you'll find tents under the freeway. You'll find tents everywhere. I said it before, they spent a lot of money to build a safe injection site because they would rather see these people who are shooting up do it safely when they could have used that facility for that safe injection site they could have used that as a homeless shelter for the people who are homeless but instead nope we want to use it to make sure these people are injecting themselves safely because that's what we're here for we're here to make sure they're injecting themselves safely and they built maybe one or two more right after that it wasn't even like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna make sure you guys are safe we're gonna build an injection site so that way everyone who if you overdose or if you need a place to drop your your sharp needles your whatever infected needles you can do it here but at the same time there's over 100 tents around san francisco tents everywhere tents where people can see people you know tourists can come in i'm pretty sure those people who were at pr39 fisherman's wharf area yesterday I'm pretty sure if they walked along certain parts of that area, that North Beach Pier area, I'm pretty sure they saw tents there. You would think that the most tourist visited area in any city would have less homeless people. You would think, but there isn't. There isn't. Yeah, every time I go to Pier 39, every time I go to Fisherman's Wharf, just to play that tourist day, there's always something going on there. There's always a homeless person. There's always something there that I feel embarrassed as a San Franciscan that these tourists are seeing that. And there's nothing being done about it. They'll move them away. They'll come there someone will say something they'll move them away say hey you guys can't be here move along move along move along three four days later they're right back where they are it's just how it is it's just how it is and what can we do as san franciscans we complain people post it on citizens people post it on next door nothing it's always nothing but Eric, they do do something. Yeah, but they wait a couple days later to do it. They don't do it when we need them to do it. They wait a couple days later. And then when that couple days come, then what? See, that's what I mean. They do it. Like that whole time I was telling you guys that I complained about the tents in the medium on Geary during cherry blossom posted a vlog about it did a podcast about it 
couple days later, they did do something about it. A couple days later, they were like, oh, damn it. Somebody found where they are. Let's go make sure that we remove them. They removed them, all right. But what they did was they just tucked them in a part of that area where you couldn't really see them. I don't know if they tucked them in there. The homeless person people decided, yeah, we'll move. Ended up back in that area. Usually what happens. I mean, just, you know, the crime rate alone. The closures of the businesses in downtown San Francisco alone. You know, Twitter, who's had that building on Market Street since Twitter's been around. They're thinking about leaving. They're thinking about moving. Elon Musk is saying, you know what? We're moving. It's probably because rent is really expensive. It's probably because... You know, the crime rate in that area, Ninth and Market, that's the area where Twitter is in. Ninth and Market is pretty scary. You're listening to The Daily Podcast with Eric B. Who wants to be there? Who wants to spend their time where I have to live in a city where I'm not sure if this area is going to be safe for me to do anything? I live in a city. I don't even want to live like that. But then yet, you have these guys, these people who live in that area. Who are there every day. And they have to live and they have to make sure that their lives are safe every day. And then what happens when they get robbed? Just put it on the news. The news says something. And then that's it. Nothing really happens. It becomes a, a statistic. That's what happens. It does. It becomes a, it's a statistic. We'll put you on. We'll make sure that the next time this happens, it won't happen. You know, when I found out the Westfield Mall was closing and the theater over there was closing, I don't really go there a lot downtown anymore. As a kid, I went there a lot. As a kid, that was a place to be. You guys who grew up in San Francisco... You guys know what I mean. There was there was Copeland's down there. It was the biggest Copeland store in San Francisco. So you guys could always check out Copeland's down there. And then when you go down Copeland's and you check out what they have at Copeland's, you find out, oh man, my shoe size isn't here. You know, you just find those little things. For some of you older San Franciscans, we all used to visit Kaplan's. Kaplan's was the spot back in the days. Those are those the areas. 
I wasn't afraid to go down there. Nobody was. We enjoyed going downtown back then. Crime rate wasn't that bad back then. I mean, you had your share of homeless people. You had your share of drunks. But nobody came down there trying to start trouble. Nobody came down there trying to start fights. There was that group of people that would always just play chess. Again, if you grew up in San Francisco, you know what I'm talking. You remember what I'm talking about. It was just chess players all the time. And then here we are right now in an area in the city where we can't even enjoy going to the wharf, to the pier. You know, I try telling everybody, you know, sometimes you just have to be tourists for the day, tourists for the weekend. Enjoy, you know, what San Francisco has to offer. But when you have people coming out from different parts of the city, different parts of the Bay Area, and they're fighting over who knows what, you can't even do that anymore. So what's happening to San Francisco? I don't recognize this city. I don't recognize what this city has to offer anymore. I don't. You know, it's like, this is where I grew up. This is where my kids, I decided to raise my kids. This is where we are. This is where my family is. But the fact that the city's not doing anything about this city, the fact that the crime rate is still high, Homeless population is still there. The city's become more of, more of an embarrassment than a livable city. I have friends from out of state, friends from Hawaii. And whenever I ask them, hey, when are you coming back down to visit the city? You know, with their pigeon accent, they say no. We're not planning to come there for a while. And I ask them why. They tell me till the city becomes cleaner and I can trust me going out. Because remember, when people from out of state come out to San Francisco, a lot of them like to stay in the downtown area. You get the big high-rise hotels out there, but a lot of them want to stay in that area. And I don't blame them. That's where everything is. It's like when you go to Disneyland, you want to stay near Disneyland. So that's how these guys are. When they come here, they want to stay somewhere near downtown. That's where the action is. That's where everything is. The cable car is near there. The shops are near there. The classy, fancy restaurants are near there. The shops are near there. So that's where they want to be. But what happens when they're hearing nothing but crime rate? 
when they're hearing that the district attorney or the old district attorney is not doing anything about it. Arresting people for robbing the Louis Vuitton store just to release them on bail or just release them because there's no evidence. You mean the bag, the handful of clothes and purses they were running out with was not evidence enough while they were running into a car. Not evidence enough. Just think if you were that officer. There's a video a while back during the holidays, during Christmas holidays, where a group of people broke into the Louis Vuitton store. They didn't break in. They went in there and grabbed a bunch of stuff. And everybody's running different directions. And one car was right by the Louis Vuitton store. And cops came right in front of that car. They were smashing the windows, telling those people to get out. And these cops did a great job being there on time, being there when they were supposed to be there, just for the district attorney to release them. How terrible is that? How disheartening is that as a police officer that you did your job, you did what you're supposed to be trained to do just for the district attorney to say, oops, sorry, we are not arresting these people today. It's annoying. It's annoying, but it happens. It's here. It happens. It's one of those things where the city don't do nothing about it. We could always say the city's involved in all these things. I don't want to say the word corrupt. It's not corrupt. It's not corrupt, but everyone just always turns a blind eye. Something always happens, but then something happens even worse, and you don't hear about it. You know, Safeway in the Western Edition is thinking about closing down. You believe that? It's thinking about closing down. It's been here since the 80s, the Safeway. I want to say even like the late 70s. It's been here that long. And they're thinking about closing down because there's too much crime in that Safeway. Too much crime. How bad is that? There's too much crime going on. They even put a police officer there. A clothed officer. You can see his badge. You can see his gun. You can see everything. They put him there. But when he's not there, then that's when, you know, the hooligans, the roughnecks, all decides to come in. Take advantage of no authority. Steal food. Steal whatever. Steal the things that they need to steal. They do. It's annoying as hell because when I go to Safeway and I need to buy something, then I see them, you know, 
putting meat in their bag, putting whatever in their bag. And here I am trying to count every dollar to make sure that I have enough. You know, sometimes we shop on a budget. Sometimes we buy what we need. Sometimes we buy what we want. Sometimes we can only afford what's there. And here they are stealing. Stealing. Let me use the word again. Stealing. It's annoying. And they get away with it. You know, these security guards, I said this before. I'll say it again. These security guards that work at these malls, these stores, these targets, these Safeways, they're there to observe and report. That's all it is. Observe and report. Remember what happened to that Safeway employee? That ha um, it was in, I forget what city it was, Danville? I want to say maybe it was Danville. I forget the city. I apologize. But he went and tried to stop a shoplifter. And the shoplifter shot him. He lost his life. That's why Safeways always says, if someone steals, or all the stores always says, if someone steals, let them. Let them. Your safety is our concern. Let them steal. Because their insurance money will just take it and just, you know, write it up as a loss. That's pretty much what happens in all these big name places, Safeway, um, Target. But sometimes their loss is so big that they have to close stores down like Walgreens, CVS. If they're getting a, taking a loss every day because security's not doing anything and the cops aren't coming there and the city district supervisor in that area is not doing anything about it, they're going to have to close. And they have been. They close. I was talking to a coworker one day and we were talking about right now it's just these little, we call it nickel and dime, you know, petty theft. Because nothing's really grand. It's no grand theft yet because they're not taking as much as they're supposed to be taking for the city or the courts to say this is a grand theft. So they're just taking whatever they need to take just to keep it below the grand theft total. But if they're, if they're going into like coffee shops and they're robbing people for laptops, iPhones, because that happens, you see it a lot. These thieves are going to get so desperate and they're going to end up going to a place like House of Prime Rib, Harris Steakhouse. And they're going to go rob the people that are there. Now, I'm sure these owners that own these restaurants, I'm sure they have people there that can make sure that doesn't happen. I'm sure they do. But that's what's going to end up happening. It's not going to be one of those things where these guys are going to be like, oh, I'm done. I'm done robbing people. I got enough money. No. They're going to want more. They're going to want more. They're going to want more money. 
they're going to want more and more and more and more money. And the only way to get more money is to rob more people. So in order for them to rob more people, they have to go to places like House of Prime Rib. I'm not saying that's where they will go. I'm just saying there's a possibility they might go there. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's it's one of those things that there's a possibility. There's a possibility it might happen. It might happen. It might not. But the, the key fact is the city needs to do something about it. The city needs to find a way to figure this out. To stop. To stop it while they can. You know, you guys heard that police report when they said, you know, you can't come into our city and think you can get away with this without being arrested. We will arrest you. Okay. You will arrest them, but you got to make a point. You got to make a point. You got to let it be heard that all the other thieves that are deciding to come to San Francisco won't do this again. You know, like back in the days when they used to hang you in front of everybody. I'm not saying hang them. It's barbaric. But I'm saying they made a point. Back then, they made a point. In Singapore, public lashing you do something, they lash you, they spank you in the butt, right? Like that guy, that American who decided to graffiti some on some police cars, he was trying to make a point, but the police is like, nope, not here, buddy. And they publicly shamed him by lashing his hands. And the American government was like, oh, you can't do that to our Americans. Well, he's in our country committing a crime in our country so we can do what we want. The Daily Podcast with Eric B. That's something America needs to do. That's something where, all right, you want to be shamed? We will find a way to shame you. They need to. They need to embarrass these criminals. They need to let them know, like, you know, to them, being on the news, being caught on TV is like a prize. It's like, yeah, I got caught even better. And they're parading, you know, their handcuffs, their orange suit, like it's a prize. And then when they come out, they talk about it. I saw this guy's TikTok and I'm not kidding. He posted on his TikTok that, man, I spent, you know, 30 days and 30 nights or whatever he said. He goes on lockup. Because of something I didn't did, I didn't do. So I'm trying to, I'm speaking like the way he spoke. He's he's in there for something he did. He said he didn't do, but the video shows that he did do it. And all he was talking about was, man, I look good in my jumpsuit, um, even though I didn't have my Yeezy slides on. You know, they gave me these, you know, these uh, these I don't know, these jail Yeezys. I mean, he was talking about like he was talking about it like he was happy to be in there. 
He wasn't remorseful. He wasn't upset. He was happy. He was happy he was there. So it, something needs to happen. Something needs to happen to where these people, men, women, he, them, they, she, her, him, they need to be publicly humiliated so they could never do these again. Jail time alone sometimes is not enough for anybody anymore. It's not. It can reform people. It can change people. It can make them realize, I made a mistake. This is what, I mean, that's what jail's intent, that's the whole intention for jail. To reform you, to make you think about what you did, to right the wrong, and to come out rehabilitated. That's what jail's about. But that's not how everybody is. Not everybody comes out of jail and say, yup, I'm reborn, I'm rehabilitated, I'm good to go, I'm ready. They come out of jail and they want to commit more crime. I'm not saying everybody. So don't twist my words later on when you guys hear this. I'm not saying everybody. You get the majority that comes out and that's what they want to do. They want to find what they were doing before they went in. They either want to do it worse or they're just going to continue that lifestyle because there's nothing else they can do. It's like I said, don't get my words twisted. Don't twist my words. Don't say Eric said this. Eric said this is what's going to happen. There's some people that does go to jail that they come out and they see the light. They see what they did wrong. They feel what they did wrong. And they're apologetic, remorseful, and rehabilitated. But I'm not saying all of them are like that. So even when you put them in jail for the little crimes they do here, what happens when they come right back out? They're doing the same thing all over again. Or they'll lay low for a couple months. Then as soon as that one friend gives them that temptation, come on, man, it's easy. It's a quick score. All we got to do is go around the neighborhood. There's a bunch of kids walking around with their cell phone after school. We just got to jump one or two of them and sell the phone, get some, you know, whatever, and we're good. It happens. It happens. Smash and grab. People getting robbed for their cell phones, their laptops, while they're just sitting, waiting for the bus. San Francisco's notorious. You go to any tourist spot in San Francisco, Twin Peaks, Pier 39, Fisherman's Wharf, you go to Land's End by the beach, you go to the Painted Ladies here in the city, Lombard Street, Golden Gate Bridge. I'm naming all the hot tourist spots. Even the little place in the Sunset District where they have the tiled stairs. It's these stairs that goes up or it goes down depending which way you're walking. And there's, there's a photo of something that the people in the neighborhood painted. 
It's a it's a tourist spot now. It's always a lot of people there. But there's a sign in all these places that says lock up your vehicles. Don't show anything that a thief is going to want to take. When you see signs like that in a tourist spot, in a famous tourist area in San Francisco, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Now, you don't see that signs in, in Disneyland. You go to their, their Mickey and Friends lot. You go to their Toy Story lot. It doesn't say anything about lock up your vehicles or don't or hide your value, valuables. Because if they do have break-ins, it's not a lot. Or it's not even heard of. I haven't heard of one since, you know, I've been going to Disneyland since 2016 as an adult. We're now 2023. I haven't heard of the Mickey and Friends lot or the Toy Story lot getting broken into. It probably just doesn't happen. But here in San Francisco, these little areas that I just mentioned, these are visited areas. Some are well-known. Some are little hole-in-the-wall spots. Some are hidden gems in San Francisco. And it says, please hide your valuables. Don't let anyone see the important things you have. There's one sign. I forgot where I saw the sign. And it said, don't make it. Don't make thieves tempted to look in your, your vehicles. But if you see these videos on TikTok or Instagram and you see these people, you know, looking in these cars and their heads, you know, you see them. What's the first thing they're doing is they're looking even all the way in the trunk now. They have their heads up on the glass and they're looking in there. And if they see something, they'll take that little device, pop it, pop your window, pop the trunk. They're, they're taking everything. Less than two minutes, they're gone. And what they didn't realize is you're just taking a bag full of underwear. That's why San Francisco needs to do better. We're losing businesses. It's bad enough people left San Francisco. When COVID hit, everybody left San Francisco. Nobody's here anymore. They all live in Texas. They all live Sacramento. Not saying the crime rate is better there, but that's where they all live. They are no longer here in San Francisco. Am I okay with that? I mean, it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm trying to get out of San Francisco. I'm trying to find a house outside of San Francisco. You guys gonna be like, what? You're trying to live this, leave the city? There's nothing here for me. Crime rate is high. Rent is high. I can't find a house anywhere in the Bay Area under 500000 that is move-in ready, that doesn't have to be renovated, that I can afford. Two-bedroom house in Daly City. Two bedrooms. Two bedrooms, one bath in Daly City is $750,000. A six-bedroom house in Texas. Six bedrooms. In Texas, with a pool and a three-car garage, you're looking at 
looking at 350000 Now, this same house, six-bedroom house in Vegas, Henderson to be exact, is about 550000 It's just a nightmare. You're listening to The Daily Podcast with Eric B. Do I want to live here? I mean, this is the city I grew up in. This is the city where my kids grew up in or is still growing up in. Do I want to live here? Not really. It's one of those cities where it's not getting any better. You would think a city like San Francisco will just get better in time. But it's not. It's getting worse. So I ask you, I ask you, what's going on with San Francisco? What's going on in San Francisco? All of us claim 415, San Francisco this, San Francisco that. It's unaffordable. It's to a point where it's unlivable. It's to a point where the city supervisors aren't doing anything to make it safer for us to live in. And again, I'm not blaming the police. Police is out there hustling and bustling. Police is out there doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, you rather have the police force here in San Francisco or the police force in Antioch. Yeah. There you go. See? Because it's better out here than it is anywhere else. The SFPD, they do what they're supposed to be doing. Police chief has a firm grip on all the crime, but it's just the supervisors and the mayor's office who's not doing anything for us to make things work the way we want it to work. So I ask you guys, you San Franciscans, what is going on in San Francisco? Where are we in San Francisco? What's the next step for us, San Franciscans? We're sitting here doing the best we can, doing what we need to do, live the life that we live in, but we cannot afford to live here. It's becoming unsafe. It's becoming to a point where we can't even go to our local grocery stores. We can't even do anything like that, you know, to be, to be safe. We can't. We're at a point where we living, we're living our life in a way where if anything happens, yeah, we are quick to blame the city supervisors. We are quick to make sure that the city supervisors are doing something about it. But again, we want something done right away. 
We don't want to have to keep waiting. We don't want to have to keep waiting for something to happen. Stop. We don't want to keep like, you know, is this going to happen? We don't want to keep waiting for that. We want to make sure that something happens, something happens right away. We want to make sure that if something, if our family's in danger, if something's going on with our family, we want to make sure something is happening right away. And like I said, some of these supervisors, they got it easy. They do. We got to get up every day, pay our taxes, do what needs to be done to live our life here in San Francisco. While they do pretty much nothing. They're getting paid for it. They're enjoying the life here in San Francisco. Well, we're the ones struggling to live here. There's an election coming up. And I suggest you guys read your ballots right. I suggest that you make sure that you know who you're going to vote for. I make sure that you guys read what ballots really say. What we can do as San Franciscans, we got to take our city back. That's all it is. Someone was really offended by the question that I asked somebody one time when I said, how long has a sitting San Francisco supervisor been living in San Francisco? Somebody was offended that I asked that question. Somebody was very offended that I asked that question. But it's the honest to God truth. How long has a sitting San Francisco supervisor has been living in San Francisco? Questions, an honest question. Because, you know, for someone like me, I've been in this area in San Francisco for 35, 36, 37 years. I've been in this Western edition that long. I've seen it from what it was to what it is to where it's going. And it's not going in the right neighborhood. It's not. It's going to take a turn for, for the worse before we even know it. So San Francisco, we have to take our city back. San Franciscans, we have to make sure that our city is where we want our city to be. Because it's not there. It's not where we want it to be. It's not where it's going. It's headed towards, towards the wrong place. Every time I do a podcast about this, every time I say this in a podcast tomorrow, Wednesday, whatever day is going to happen, I'm going to get somebody on Twitter bashing me, somebody on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, bashing me, letting me know I don't know what I'm talking about, 
letting me know that I'm not political, letting me know all these things. But what they don't realize, I've been in the city a lot longer than them. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly what I see. And then when you see businesses leaving San Francisco, when you see crime rate higher than it's ever been, when you see us having to protect ourselves of the violence going on out there, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And again, the city is turning a blind eye. We got to take our city back, people. We have to take our city back. I want to thank you guys for coming out to listen to this podcast. Again, it's been another rant. It's been another, you know, just got to get it off my chest kind of podcast. I live in the city. I love the city. You know, I'll be 415, claim the 415 area code for a long time, longer than a lot of you guys have. You guys claim 415, but you've been living in different area codes for 20, 30 years. You can do that, but you just, you know, remember where you came from. That's all I say. Remember your roots. Some of us don't. Some of us forget our roots, which is okay. Just remember where you came from. Thank you guys for jumping on. Thank you guys for listening. Again, I, I'm expecting a lot of negativity about this. And, you know, it's, it, it's fine. It is what it is. If I'm going to release public Things about, you know, a certain city, you're going to have the, the ones who are backing up the mayor, backing up the city supervisors. You're going to have that. Then you're going to have the ones who agrees with me and says, yeah, the city's not doing anything. Then you're going to have the ones that are two-faced, agrees with me, try to get all the information out of me, and then they're going to go tell the mayor, oh, guess what? Guess what he said? He said this and he said that. Oh, he's not sure what he's talking about. I've been in the Western Edition for a long time. A long time. I've been a San Franciscan for a long time. And like I said, it's not getting any better. Thank you guys for dropping by. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, the podcast is ended, guys. Go in peace. Thanks for listening to the Daily Podcast with Eric B. Daily podcast with Eric B. Again, if you guys want to listen to music, I had this playing in the background the whole time. San Francisco Jazz. You can find us on Pandora. 